0: man who loves God, and uh, they heard God's call on their life, responded to what the Holy Spirit was speaking to their heart and, uh, in Africa, in, in the nation of the Congo, and they've been there for a, a number of years doing the wonderful work, and, uh, and today you're going to kind of hear a little bit of the story of what's currently going on. Uh, I want to just encourage Calvary to keep them up in prayer prayer
1: warriors, keep them lifted up. They're they're definitely in a dangerous place. Uh, I, as I was listening to
0: them in first service and the pastor that was sharing, uh, God calls his people to be praying for one another and we definitely want to be praying for them and uh, pray for that God would bless them. God would protect them, watch over them. I know they went to a place, they said yes to the Lord at whatever the cost. And so to me, that that speaks volumes to me, I know, to the Lord as well. But they're going to be sharing what's happening in the Congo, and the brothers going to be also preaching God's word to us. I'm excited for you to be able to hear Him this morning. But would you give the Roths a welcome back, uh, uh, a on off from here this morning?
2: welcoming us and allowing us to, to share this Sunday with you. Uh, we're here in the U.S. just kind of uh, raising funds and just reconnecting with our different uh, partner supporters, churches, that kind of thing. Uh, as Pastor said, my name is Andrew. If you haven't seen me before, if it's the first time to see me, my name's Andrew. My beautiful wife Uh I wanted to share a quick word to start off. There is a powerful word in Revelation 12, 11, and it says, And they overcame him because the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life, even when faced with death. And so uh, we're not saying that everyone has to go halfway across the world to to die to themselves or be put in a dangerous situation. It might be as simple as just stepping out in faith across your your, your lot, across your driveway to the other person to share your faith um, in Jesus with that person. But what's powerful about this word is it talks about the word of their testimony. They overcame by the power of the word of their testimony. You know, it's kind of a cliche, but, you know, every test brings a testimony uh, with with us. I mean, we've we gone through a lot of different transitions, a lot of different changes. We've been uh, in Congo for the last six years, and now it's almost just, it's, it's just the start right now. It's like saying, okay, now you have your foundation laid, and that takes six years, you know, to lay a foundation. Okay, now the seventh year, you're ready to really start doing ministry. What kind of ministry is that? But, you know, it's kind of one of those difficult things. Like, you know, that is the ministry. That is the work of um, the work of the missionary. That is the work that we're called to do. And you have to sometimes um, chip away at the rock in order to, to be able to, to find those precious diamonds. And so, um, Amethyst, how about you continue? It? Uh, thank you for, for receiving us for today. Thank you, Andrew. Well, so I would say, first of
3: all, it's really wonderful to be. It's always like, I don't, I don't get too emotional, but when I'm here, I'm emotional. Because it's just, this is where it all started. I mean, really, for me, my life, this is where it all started. That behind, not the center of this keyboard, but right there, I remember there was a moment uh, um, Luke had where he got on his knees during worship. And um, I remember there was a moment where I did that when I was back here helping with worship quite a few years ago, and that was when you guys didn't know it, you guys were just worshiping and pursuing the Lord, but the Lord gave me a word, and he said, I, I, "It was we were singing about something about, I want to see your faith, it was a, a worship song, and there was this moment of silence, I got on my knees, and suddenly, um, you know, I asked the Lord, well what does your face look like, what does it really look like, because I do want to touch it, I do want to see it, and you know, you guys are just pressing in, and then the Lord speaks to me and says, if you want to see my face, you have to... Get off of this piano. Get off the stage. Get out of this church. Go to a place where there's no churches. Go to the places where people have said, the Lord has damned that place. And the Lord had told me, that is where my face is. You're going to touch my face. You're going to see my face in a way that many people will never see my face. And it started right, right here.
4: <laughs> wow. Wow. So thank you. Amen.
3: Thank you. You guys let me. The Holy Spirit led you. And you guys led me. So I want to go ahead and bring up the picture of our, um, you know, our backyard. No, I'm just kidding.
1: This is not <laughs> our backyard,
3: but this is actually the front part of our community center. You see a tank right over there. Just to give you those who are not with us, um, Congo is a country that is in the middle of Africa, and it is currently at war. It's been at war for about 20 years, and there's there's just been there's been a lot of turmoil. Uh, uh, for the last 20 years, it affects everyone. It affects it affects the children. It affects the women. It affects the the, jo- the ability to create jobs. clear to us through our situations in life and through our circumstances, it was clear that we believe in the power of covenant. We believe in the power of community. We believe that being with the people and suffering with them even if there's not much that we can do even if there's not much that we can actually do with our hands, we believe that the presence, our presence can change the atmosphere and that's why we're there In addition to that, I want you to go ahead and go to the next slide We have learned that the only thing that breaks a cycle is touching the next generation. This kid right here, I wish we could get a little bit more of a close-up of him, but it's hard to take pictures when you're in those particular situations. He's about 12 years old. He's smoking a cigarette. He has an AK-47 in his hand. He's got a rocket-propelled grenade right next to him. This is something that is not uncommon where we are. It's something that we see a lot. Like I said, he's about 12 years old, at least. What we found was how do you break a cycle of poverty? When I talk about a cycle of poverty, it's something that many of you understand. It's a lot like the, you know, when people kind of live inside of a welfare mentality or a welfare society. That's the cycle of poverty. There's so many things that go into it, and it takes so much of your inner being to be involved with that because there's so many other factors at play. Dealing with people who are thinking in that way, but that's what 20 years of the Lord does. And you have to have mercy, mercy, and peace and confidence that truly the Jesus in you can change them. Yes. This whole time that we've been there has been nothing but this foundation setting and this um, setup for a beautiful marriage. We brought with us a friend of ours. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just give you some background. This last year, we uh, started these community centers. We've been starting them for a while. We've talked about them to you, and um, you know, we were asking the Lord, "What's next?" And people in the community center were asking, "What's next? What's next?" We've done the leadership training. What's the next phase? What's the next this?
4: You know, some of our kids—they're
3: getting older in our program. Um, some of the kids in our program for reintegration—we're asking the Lord, "What's next?" And then there was a, a few youths youth being like 20-somethings, they came to Andrew and they said, I'm going to give you, we're going to give you our tithe. And Andrew said, no, no, no. This is not a church. This is a community center. We're a Christian organization stationed in the Congo. We're not a church. And they said, well, this is where, this is where I'm being fed. And they said, give you, we're giving you the tithe. And it was at that point that Andrew and I began to really pray on a lot of things about what direction do we want to go? So if we said that we were going to work with churches, but the churches aren't feeding people, what can we do? When we first started in Congo about six years ago, there was also another man who was called to Congo again. He was born in Congo, left, and then was called to come back to his country. So we met him there. And this whole uh, six years has been this beautiful story that God has of us suffering and his suffering, together. All the time, we would go through something, we'd talk to him about it, we pray together. He would go through something, we'd talk together about it, we'd pray together. I remember the first time we met him, we went to a prayer meeting. In his prayer meetings, the children prophesied over you and they prophesied to each other, and they talked, and so on. And so we we were, we were in his prayer meeting, and it was a prayer meeting that was supposed to be, I don't know, like a few of hour or two, and it's like five hour Holy Spirit going crazy pour down, children rolling on the floor adults coming in, everybody's saying, what's going on around here? That was about five years ago that we went to that prayer meeting. After that when we were going along in our ministry we couldn't afford a car, but we got a motorbike Pastor Fleet called Andrew and said, hey, what are you doing today? I'm not doing anything let's take that motorbike and let's go to preach the gospel to the pygmies, let's go up to the mountains up there Andrew says, "I've never been there. Okay, let's go. Let's take your motorbike. We're going." They go. Andrew comes back and he says, "Man, I ate something. And I don't know what that was that I ate, but I did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> All night, Andrew was not in bed. He was out of the toilet. He couldn't handle it. It was horrible. It was the sickest to this day he says he's ever been in his whole life. And then the morning later, he calls Pastor clean and he says, Pastor." how's your stomach? He said, it was fine, I slept just fine. And Andrew said, one day I'll have a stomach like
1: his.
3: (laughs) We were there during the time when Pastor Cleet's church had burnt down. And he was standing at the foundation of what he had tried to start, and it took a lot of time to start. And he was standing there discouraged, and the children around him that were part of his ministry said, Pastor, Pastor, let's meet for our children's ministry." Pastor McLean said to them, What? You need to wear There's no church. It's gone. And all the children, they take the little rocks and they're putting it on top of the other trying to rebuild the foundation. We are also there. We weren't there, actually. And I, it pains me to say we weren't there. We were there not physically, and I wanted to be. When the, when the, when the city was invaded, and at that time, Pastor McLean was texting us, from his phone, and He said, I don't know what to do. The children, they're all coming to my house. People are coming to my house. And we're just hiding underneath, you know, mattresses in the house. And that's what we're doing. But the house is full. Really, there's not even enough food to feed everyone. I, what to do, Andrew? What to do with this? And Andrew would say to him, well, go into our house. Take a moment and go into our house. We have a bigger house. And he says, well, they're shooting on the streets. Everybody is in the house. How am I supposed to take all these children from my house to your house? We've seen Pastor Reed go through so much. And so, I want to go ahead and um, I want to tell you that after all this time, this beautiful meeting together of these two stories, we feel very glad that it's time to marry the two ministries together. For a long time, he's been going his way and we've been going our way. And finally, this year we looked at each other and said, Why are we doing this? Let's be one. Let's be one. And let us think anything that we do in ministry under the church. And then let's submit ourselves. Even though we might be Western, even though people perceive us as being, you know, sometimes by just walking around, people might think, Oh, we're the boss of something. He said, No, we're going to submit ourselves to a Congolese pastor who's been humble, who has seen who who has seen us through so much, who has so much wisdom to offer, not just us, but to many of you. So, without further ado, I want to introduce Pastor Clean, and I'm just going to go ahead and put this video, and he has a word. For me.
2: In a children's program in his church to teach orphans and underprivileged children about the Bible and also how to pray and worship. During the meetings, they also give the children an education by teaching them how to read and write, mathematics, geography,
1: and history. Then they combine the biblical and practical lessons and play games that reinforce the message or topic.
2: Many times children go hungry. Here in Congo, they say a hungry belly has no ears. So we decided to see how we could help. One time we provided a funds to buy rice and beef. Testimony of what happened spread throughout the community. We prepared enough for 75 kids, but 140 showed up. But there was more than enough. Everyone was full and seven an evening plates were left over. One passerby inquired what was going on. Here. After it was told, he commented, You are really doing something, here. The mosque is the only place that gives orphans food, but you are teaching them the word of God and meeting their needs. This is how to make an impact on the next generation. A generous donor in the United States heard about the project and decided to make a financial partnership to fund the ongoing. But there are other child outreach programs we're involved with, yet we lack the funding. Would you consider partnering financially with us in reaching the next generation of children?
5: I thank God to be here this morning. Uh, I appreciate the pastor to welcome to here. We're praying in the morning, and the uh, Holy Spirit shows me, so Jesus. In this church. I've never been here, but I saw the picture and he was cleaning the church and he gave the oil to the pastor and asked him to anoint everybody who was in the service. And I said, Yes, Jesus. And the morning when we were praying, I heard a strong prayer from the pastor and I said, Yes, this is what I saw this morning. Amen. Mm-hmm. I know
1: that we are called to work and shine in the middle of dust,
5: darkness. We are called to shine. Even if there is darkness, we are called to shine. Yes. As Christians, we are lights and we have to shine. Many years ago, in uh, 1998, I ran from my country. What happened? There were so much atrocities, and I was taken that time by rebels or the militias. They took me in the forest. They said, "We want to teach you how you can fight." And for one month, I was there. I said, "Jesus, I never been in this situation. I'm a believer. Um, you are servant." I can't do what they are doing. It's so horrible when they take you, put you in mud, they have some water, they put on you, they say, even if they shoot you, you can't die. It's like witchcraft. And they were giving me a piece of food. We were so many young boys, they took us by force. They said, This you can, this you, this your gun. Because there were many, they are militia, they don't have many guns. They say this one, as yes, we have put in some some witchcraft on it, even if you you if someone come and want to kill you, he can't kill you. With, with this wound you can kill someone, that was wrong. <laughs> and uh, I was saying, Jesus help me. For well, the next week we had to go and fight the government. And I was praying, Jesus, I pray that you may help me. I pray that you may help me, when I was on our way, by the way to fight the government, I ran down the river and ran for three days, I reached my village, when I met my parents I told them I have a problem, I ran from those people and I know they will come here, if they come, if they meet me, they will take me again or kill me, I have to go took me one week from the village up to the city from the city I ran up to Kenya uh, after that when they came really they came to my, to my family they asked them where I was they said they never seen me because they were fearing me and then they said okay he's not there, they burned all our
1: houses they took all our cows they took everything and tortured my family
5: I stayed in Kenya I got the opportunity to do Bible college and from there I started to, to feel the presence of God strongly upon my life and I went to Mozambique, now in mission. I could meet with Ed, Mama Ed Dr. Holland and Mama Ida there I stayed five years there I learned how to love kids I learned how to minister to kids, and I had this heart for them. Finally, we were praying one day with a couple of missionaries, and when we were praying, one of them saw a vision and said, I can see God sending you somewhere. There is a mountain of volcano in Central Africa. Do you know that place? I said, I know a place where there is volcano. It's in my country, but that place... It's another promise, I've never been there. He said, it's where God wants you to go, and you can burn there in that volcano. I say no, I can't go there. I ran
1: there because of war, and that time they were fighting again. I said, I can't go there. You know I'm set here, I can get food,
5: I can get everything, going back again there. No, I ran from those people. They can take me again, and it will be maybe my death. I said, okay, let us pray. We prayed, and after a while, I said, who am I to say no to God? I have to obey, I have to accept His call. Then I decided. <laughs> who <laughs> went back again. There I started the church, as you saw there, with keys. I said, what can I do? I don't have money, I don't have finance, but what do I have? God said, You have love in you. You carry such love in your heart. Be father for this fatherless kids. And I said, yes, Jesus, I accept it. We started with kids with our church. There were so much problem, many problems, fighting every day. Uh, once our area was burned by fire. When uh, Amethyst met us, what to do, how to build again? There was so much problem in my family. We had many problems. We're losing our kids who saying, Jesus, I want to give up. But he's saying, no, give to God. Go ahead. I'm with you. Don't worry. Amen. A, and up today, we can see what God can do. What we saw on, those, on the screen, those small kids, that time, it's now 60 years, they were fed by the Holy Spirit. So much freedom. And uh, last Christmas, we
1: were with these kids. I found out what they were doing. Those kids were ushers That's Christmas.
5: Others were serving as preacher, as a praying, and the they did the all service. Ladies, young boys, small kids. You know, in uh, some cultures in our countries, ladies are not allowed to preach. Yeah. But we say, where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. And we can see these children doing this. In some churches, you can see kids preaching, but thank God because this young generation can do and can carry this love of God. Amen. It's part of what we are doing in Congo. But let us take our Bible, read the Word of God, and look. Chapter thirteen verse ten. Ten. Twelve and thirteen. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years and was bowed together and would in no wise lift herself. Jesus saw her. And called her to him, said unto her, Woman, you are at least from what disease. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Amen. As I was reading this scripture this morning, and this was my special word I had all this week, had God, Jesus, talking to me through this scripture. When Jesus was preaching in the synagogue, Jesus saw this lady. This woman was there for long, 18 years. She was suffering. And what Jesus did, Jesus saw her. Just in the meeting, he was not just there preaching. He was looking for people. He knew their hearts. He knew what they did what they wanted and as he was preaching he saw someone there he said lady I can see you I can see where you are I see your problem when Jesus saw her he called Jesus called that lady she called the woman after calling the woman Jesus laid his hand upon her and I was saying Jesus We need people who can see us, not just passing by way, not just looking like this, but we need people who can paint on us, and Jesus is that person. When Jesus saw her, he called her. I was saying, my God, how many people are around us, how many people We live with them. They are families. They are neighbors. Have you seen those people? We have finished the year. Have you seen those people? They have problems. And they need you. They are living in loneliness. They need you. They need that you can call them. Call them. For long they have been there. Maybe in your family, you know people who are there, they are not saved. They need Jesus. And you are there, you can say, You feel very well when we see there, when we worship God, when we say, Oh, wonderful, wonderful what Jesus is doing. We worship him, we feel his presence. But there's still some one in our families. Some people are there. They are there. no one caring for them. They need you, they need me. They need your touch. You can call their name. It may take long. 18 years it was not easy for this lady. She was in synagogue. She was in church. Maybe we can be here for many years and we still have brothers, sisters, auntie, uncle who are they are suffering somewhere. They need you. Call upon them. Every day you can say, Jesus, I need this person to come to you. My sister, I need her to come to you. The way she's living is not the way you have prayed her to live. I know you died because of him. It can take long. It can take ten years. It can take one one year. But be there, pray for him. Amen. Jesus did call him, woman, come. When Jesus called you, something must happen in your life. When Jesus said, woman, come, that saying woman, it means, I want you to be close to me. I accept you. You have been put away, but I, t- I accept you. I love you. I want you to be close to me. Even you have suffered All this time, I need you to be close to me. I want to hug you again. I want you to have peace in me. There is so much peace in Jesus. It's what we were singing this morning. When he touched our life, everything changed. Just when Jesus laid his hand on her, something happened in her life. Immediately, she was healed. Amen. There were no medicine, nothing is medicine, just touching.
1: We know there are many people who have never been touched. And when I say touch, it means spiritually. Amen. Not
5: abusing someone. Not abusing someone. But these people need your love. They need you to be close to them. They need you to speak kindly. You have nice words to them.
1: So Jesus
5: did. And just when he touched you, oh, something happened to her. And we believe when we start speaking good words to our families, our friends, our nation, our neighbors, something will happen to them. They will change. They will feel that that we carry Jesus in us because we are fit. We are ambassadors for Christ. And people need you. People need me. All around the world, there are people dying. They don't have someone to talk to them. They have anxiety in their life. They have trauma. I was saying this morning,
1: the other side in our country, we have all oh, it's natural you can see it.
5: this is people like for food, lacking for food. You can start a business and someone come and take everything you start again by to zero. Every day is new step. Here I know you have artificial problem and you need Jesus to enter. Him. give Jesus a place, say Jesus he is my life. I can't do anything without you. I need your love. I'm suffering. I'm alone. No one has touched my life. But Jesus, I need you to touch my life. I need you to be close to me. I need you to work with me. Sometimes I'm alone and no one can help me. Jesus, I need you. I need your love. Surround me with your love. Oh, hallelujah. Change my life. Change the way I'm, I'm living. This is I'm, I'm not the right way I could live. But I need you, Jesus. I need peace. When you give the peace, Jesus, is peace which is above the understanding of men. I'm not fearing anything. You have peace here, but still people are fearing. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. To the next generation, we need Jesus. We need to walk around to see people, how people are living, how they are feeling. We need to touch them by Jesus' word. There are millions of people dying all every day, lacking like food. You have food, you are throwing it in the garbage every morning. Hallelujah! <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah! There are thousands of kids. Eat to get something to eat. It's a miracle. Yeah. You have to pray. Maybe fast, as Pastor was saying. We need to fast here. He's not fasting to seek the presence of God. He's praying to fast to get food to eat. You can reach to these people.
1: You can say, Jesus, here I am. Maybe I can go to Congo. Maybe I can go to
5: Nigeria. Maybe I can go to Cambodia. Maybe I can go to Asia. But here I am. I can support these people. I can pray with them. Jesus wants to use you. He wants to use me. He doesn't want just to keep quiet when people are patient, when people are dying. When people don't have someone who can just say, someone, oh, Jesus loves you. Jesus is there. He died for you. His reality is not stories. His reality, He lives for you. Hallelujah. Once we, when we were doing our duties, praying, preaching the gospel, I met someone, a small girl, and he had soul on her on her body, because sometimes we run, when people come in the village, we have to run and we go in the forest, they are not seen to nothing, and when she came from the forest she had so many souls on her body, and it was so bad, I felt sorry for her, I prayed, I bought some donuts to her, I said let me take you to the hospital, I took her, one, two, she was just more like this, when we were by the way, eating her donut, he, he looks me up, and said, are you my father? <laughs> I didn't have a word to say. I started to cry. I said, Jesus, she needs a father. i you are father for the fatherless. She needs a mom.
1: She needs someone to be close just to say, Jesus loves
5: you. She needs someone just who can say, Jesus loves you. You are not alone. Jesus is with you. And we have feet for peace. We have to go everywhere. If He says, go, if He says, go, you have to obey. He can say, go to Africa. Let's go. Hallelujah. He can say, go to Asia. Let's go. We can say, we want to leave our Offered to place everything there, but Jesus, because of you, we accept we can go wherever you want us to go. We have young boys here. Jesus said, Go everywhere. Go everywhere. Go. Jesus wants you to use you. He wants you to become his feet. You are welcome to Africa. You are welcome to Asia. Come to Congo. I can see what God can do to women. A miracle, you can see miracle, you can trust Jesus, you can see him. And just, I want this morning, when you are staying in your home, in your house, with your family, think about someone who never accepts Jesus. Think about someone who has not loved, someone who has problem. Say this year, Jesus, I want to be close to someone. I want to show your image to someone. I want to be close to someone. I want to bring someone to you. I want to pray that this sister, this uncle may be saved. And Jesus will do it. Let us pray. But before we pray, because of all this, we say, Jesus, what we can do? We are surrounded by many problems, many people. They need many, to, because we have many people there We have many people speaking, we have 240 languages there Yeah? Mother, if it is, they, they, not like here people can say, speak English, but there 240 And we say, what can we do? Let us start a community centre Where we can see how to change this behaviour of these young boys Child soldiers, these young mothers, let us be together. Let us share the love of God. Let us say what God can do what how we can change the life of people. And really, we need you to pray for us. We need you to stand with us and see what God can do for this next generation. Amen. Let us pray. Jesus, we honor you for what you can do in our life. Yes, Jesus, you see in hearts. You see our life. You know our in and our out. You can hear someone this morning. You can get in darkness places of our hearts. And you can do something new one better. Thank you for this new year, Father. We know that we are going to be close to you. You are going to be close to us. And you are going to make sure we are here, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus, we pray and believe. Amen.
4: Vision in I recently went with them to CC and I want to share with you all of the progress that has been made. First of all, meet Claude. Claude is our shining star. He's in charge of the Peacemaker Program, our former child soldier reintegration program. they the also in Goma, he ensures that the work runs smoothly in CC. For the last three months, he has been training our caretakers through a special rehabilitation program called Empower. This program has been used around the globe to help people deal with trauma, especially former child soldiers. It involves songs, games, and exercises to bond and build trust, and guides discussions to help our children understand and cope with their traumatic experiences in their missions. The Ross are also in the process of acquiring land in Masisi, in a village called Makola. They will build a training center on this land, and this building will be a central location for Peacemaker children to come together. Also... The Ross will use this building to host a leadership training program similar to the one in Goma, but sensitive to the needs of the people of Assisi. While I was in Assisi with the Ross, we went to visit each of the peacemakers. We wanted to pray for them and also to encourage them to pursue education. We believe that education is critical to their reintegration and development, but many are behind in school, even up to five or six years. But there are no programs available in the area to catch them up. So now we're praying about how we can make this happen. This takes much time in doing research and looking for partnerships to help us catch them up. This is just the beginning of a long journey, so we thank you for your faithful prayers and continued partnership.
3: we are looking for the red zone, we are looking for the volatile areas, because we believe that if you can put a foundation of peace in a place where there no peace, it can influence it. So that's what we do. We plan to create community centers, and part of what we do is helping kids who are coming out of the militias to reintegrate into their communities. We do it three ways. First, we pump them with the word of God. When they come in,
4: they have many opportunities
3: to accept Jesus, but even if they haven't accepted him, they're already learning this word through leadership training and the way, we, the way we teach it. And the way their counselors teach it and other people who are part of their community teach it. In addition to that, we also put them back into school. If they're able to go back to school, we put them in. And if for any reason they can't, we teach them mathematics and literacy so that they can at least have a chance to be self-taught in the future. And then the last thing we do is we do
1: recreation through
3: recreation talking about sports, talking about uh, soccer, football, as they say over there, dance and drama, art, all of those things. You know, when you have a child, especially a teenager, which most of the kids in our program are teenagers, it's not exactly fun for a teenage boys to have to sit down and have a face-to-face conversation and share all his deeper thoughts. It's like, it's hard to do it here in the U.S. and it's hard to do there. Guys don't do it. And they're not hired that way. But when you can go ahead and get them to begin to express what they've gone through in a song, a dance, a drama, it heals them. And it allows them to open a a new neural pathways that can actually help the old ones, not necessarily die, but get smaller, so that they can actually change their identity. We call it the Peacemaker Program because we believe, we want an expectation on these children, that they have their identity changed. When they come into the community, the community thinks of them as troublemakers. A lot of times they fear them. But what we want to see them is now become, become a peacemaker. And today, I will say that there's a lot of them that are peacemakers in their community. Just before we left, we were just monitoring a project. It was a paid project. In addition to that, we have also a fish project that they started and also a few other projects. They're basically jo- creating jobs. The kids, they're not just becoming properly reintegrated, they're actually starting businesses, local businesses, inside of the communities Hallelujah. that create jobs that help other families in the community. This is social action. Yeah. This is true change inside our community. Hallelujah. So we're just really praising God for that. In addition to that, community centers also act as a place where there's grassroots peace and dialogue conversations. We have reconciliation trainings where they go ahead and they learn. We work with Public Discussions Forum. It's based out of Boston University. Basically, professionals who are PhDs in genocide studies. They help us go ahead and put together a dialogue. That you can teach people on a family grassroots level how to settle differences so that it doesn't explode and become into a war, which is what's happened. And so, on many levels, the community center reaches the community. Sometimes a community or a person may not want to come straight to a church, but they might be comfortable with going and saying, hey, I'll take an English class at a community center, and from there, you reach them, and when they meet Jesus and they want more of Jesus, you say, we have a church, now come, come and be a part of this church, and let's really change this nation. So I want to just thank you guys for your continued partnership, and I want to just finish with kind of giving you a little announcement um, not only are we merging ministries together and becoming a church in Congo, but the Lord has really led us to start an international organization, and that organization is called Rally International. We have information about it in the back. It's a, it's a big step for us, and we believe that it's going to open the doors for other partnerships worldwide in volatile areas. And I want to let you know, since you're family, you're invited to come along. The reason why it's called Rally is because what we found, now, six years later, there is a huge group of people that have rallied around us, some financially, some physically. We have some people who are in this room who went to Congo, and they're, they're like, yeah, we'll be, we'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there to support and tell people the stories that we were there. Me and Andrew and the believe were talking about it. This church has been behind us way too long for not having a team to come out to Congo. We want you there. We want you there. We want you and we're ready for you. In addition to that, if you're not able to support financially, you're not able to come out, Rally needs a lot of things. We need digital artists. We need people who can write letters, who can do just basic tasks, clerical tasks, because we're traveling around the world. Andrew has gotten a position and just got us open some doors with him in the region of the, in that particular region of Congo to sit with some pretty important people and to make some big influential decisions. He's going ahead and taking that position. And for me, I'm going to be the international director. Pastor Lee is the foreign Congolese director. And so that's kind of the new place we're going. And I just want to let you know, if you want to go there with us, if you want to contribute, if you have time, you want to be not just financial supporter, you want to put your labor into it, we have a place for you. And please, please visit us. So I'm going to end it, and Andrew just gives the last thing to wrap it up.
2: So praise the Lord. But um, uh, when I see Pastor Clean, I'm just so encouraged because we've been together for the past six years. Pretty much when we first arrived in Congo, he might have been the second person that uh, actually greeted us. So I mean, it's it's been a blessing to be able to be
1: with him over these past years. Uh, but we will be taking up an offering, and uh, for
2: uh, just to let you know our needs. What we're looking to do is we're looking to buy a compound so that we can put a church, a training center, and then also a nursery school uh, at one location so that we can, and eventually also a staff quarters. So like when we have uh, Western teams come out there, we can actually have a, a staff quarters where people can stay. And so in this one uh, all self-contained compound will be a place where we can bring peace to an area that doesn't know peace. And also, um, when, when, when I look at Pastor Cleet's face, you can see the faces of these children. You can see the faces of, of uh, you know, with the first slide, with the with the, the child in the militia. When you see the faces of all these kids um, dancing at his church.
1: When I see those images, I, I look a little bit beyond that, and I see Pastor Cleet, and I say, when I see Pastor Cleet's
2: face, I see thousands of faces like those. Because without him, these people will not be able to. And so what, one thing is, as Amethyst and I, our support has kind of taken a little bit of a dip, but what we want to say is, no, you know what, we need to uh, to have Pastor Cleet's um, monthly support being um, in the right place, because what happens is in order for you to do ministry, you have to arrive there. You know how Pastor Cleet was saying, you have to be close, you have to be near to someone. In order to be near to someone, that requires to travel a certain amount of distance. To travel that distance, that requires finances. And um, and so what, that's one thing that uh, if you wanna if you're interested in partnering on a monthly basis uh, to help Pastor Cleed to be able to do the ministry, because he's really our hands and feet on the ground. Amethyst and I are just basically cheerleaders and say, okay, Pastor Cleed, here's some logistics, here's some leadership, here's some different ideas that we can help you with. But really, if we're gonna see a long term change, it's gotta be local run. And that's Pastor Clean in addition to a whole um, other team that uh, we're raising up. And so um, we we encourage you, come back to to see us uh, at the table back there, pick up a brochure, and then also uh, here's a contact card. We want to stay in touch with you. So um, also there's some giving information. If you do want to give on a monthly basis, please stop by and see us. So uh, thank you for having us. Um, you know, you guys applaud us for the work we're doing, but we want to applaud you because um, you know, through some of you personal donors, some of you as uh, you know, just as the church, you've really been a blessing to us, and we just want to say thank you for that. So um, you know, together we believe that with a few churches and some you know, a couple few donors, we'll be able to reach this financial goal, being able to build this compound, to be able to have a place where we can bring peace to a place that. The Bless you guys. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, uh, here's what we're gonna do. Two things. Uh, we're gonna take an offering up, and I want to pray for these guys at the end. I want you guys to be a part of that. Um, we're gonna take an offering up, and here's just gonna ask you to do one thing. Uh, for those who are here, I want you uh, just to pray. God, what would you have me to give? Now, if you don't feel impressed to give anything, then don't do it. But if the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, I want you to just go ahead to be obedient to that, to what the Spirit of God would have you to do. And uh, this offering will go towards whatever they've got projects, they're buying land, they're finishing up on some stuff. And, uh, and I just want to be able to get behind them. We support them on a the monthly basis here as a church, but Right now they're pushing to go ahead and finish up on a couple of projects, want to buy land. If you feel led to go ahead and sow into that, I believe it's great, a great uh, ministry and a great ground to go ahead and sow into. I it. believe there's going to be a great harvest that comes from it. So if you would go ahead and just write out the check the Calvary, put it into the envelope. And this entire offering will go to the boss, to the ministry. It's going to be happening there in Congo. Kind of so would you pray with me and ask God's blessing Father? We just thank you for this time that we got to be able to spend, Lord, with this precious family and wonderful pastor, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that you're blessing them, that you're using them, God. That Lord, that, that they made a decision, Lord God, to give of themselves, Lord, and. And to sacrifice, Lord, and we join with them, Lord, and we pray, God, that God that you would continue to use them, Lord, in a powerful way. God, that we just pray that you would bless this offering, God. We pray that it would be marked, Lord God, with with souls that would come into your kingdom. God, would you do this work, God? I pray you on every giver in Jesus' name. I pray, Amen, Amen. Let's just come on forward and. Uh, just going to say something. I am so proud of you guys. Amen. I am so proud of you guys. And I'm proud of you, Pastor. I'm proud of you. And uh, I count it a privilege to have you here uh, to speak to our people here and to share your heart. My brothers and sisters, you have no idea what, the, what this family has gone through with what our brothers going through. I encourage you to be praying for them. I'm going to ask, would you guys just come forward here? Calvary, would you stand up? And I'm going to ask that, that, that you would stretch forth your hands. Pastor Rob, I'm going to ask my, my, my board members, Tom, anybody else that's here with me, would you guys come on up here forward? Uh, Paul, uh, and I want you guys just to stretch forth your hands. Um, I'm going to ask that, that, that you guys make a covenant here want you to hear me on this. God, really, God needs business on this. He wants us to be praying for one another. Paul the Apostle, I mean, encouraged his people that he raised up, churches that he raised up. He says, I need you to be praying for me. He says, pray for me that I may declare the gospel uh, fearlessly as I should. And uh, the reason why he said that, because he fought, he faced a lot of danger and challenges. And, uh, and so... As the Holy Spirit brings these guys the images of their face before you, I want to encourage you to be praying for them. Just send a prayer towards heaven on their behalf. Pastor Bob. could you give me a favor? Would you please lead us in a,
6: a, a prayer for this? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, as you reminded us this morning that you are greatly to be praised Father I hear your spirit saying that there's no better way to praise you than life submitted to you God Father I thank you God that these are greatly praising you with their lives Lord God Father I prophesy a blessing and fruit in the name of Jesus in mantle that you place on my brother. I thank you, Jesus, that you called him from the world, Lord God, to the nations. Father, I thank you for the souls that you've entrusted to him, for those that you have entrusted their discipleship under his influence. I thank you, Father, for those that will come and sit and learn, and those that will go and they will carry with them that which, Father, you have put inside through the submission of this man, God. I thank you, Father, that nations are touched, God. That bodies are healed, Lord. Father, that hope, hope comes, God, through the lives of those, Father, here that greatly praise you. Who greatly praise you with their lives, God. Who submit themselves, Father. Who've said yes. Yes. As a pastor has said, when God says, you must go, you must go, you must do what he says to do. I thank you, Jesus. And Father, I pray, Father, for encouragement, for fellowship, for strength, for vision, for hope, for joy, for peace, for love, Father, to surround them, God. I pray, Father, you give your angels charge over them, God, to keep them in all their ways, Lord. I pray, Father, the blood of Jesus over their lives, God. Father, that you mark their going in, you mark their going out, Father. And Lord God, I pray, Father, that during the times, God, when they may feel discouraged, that you would be so close during those times, God. That, Father, that as Amethyst has said, God, that that you told her that she would see your face there. God, I pray during those times, Father, that she would find you, that she would see the face of Jesus. I pray the Holy Spirit to mark them each one, to mark them each one. In the name of Jesus, amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Rob. Thank you guys so much. Father, I just want to pray bless you upon Calgary, from every soul that's here today. Father, use this, Lord, as we go out these doors to be your hands and feet as we've heard about, Lord, here today
1: in your daily praying. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you guys.